Welcome to COC Cape Town Sermon Downloads. Enjoy this message. Praise God. So we started our series last week on You Will Receive Power. And I want to continue along these lines over the next few weeks as we are still laying a foundation. It's January and we're laying a foundation for 2022, our year of many breakthroughs, as we know. That is our theme for the year. And so I love it when we theme something because you can always focus on something. God has got many things to say through His Word. But as a move, as Pastor has declared, as for us as a move, this is our year of many breakthroughs. We then look at that and we hold on to that promise, onto that Word, and we go back to God's Word and we see how does that fit into my life. So the, this is our year of many breakthroughs. I really believe that. But we said over the last few weeks as well that breakthrough must first happen on the inside of us. Sometimes you're looking for breakthrough on the outside, on the external part, and that will come. That's the manifestation of God's goodness. But breakthrough must first happen on the inside of us. So Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses telling people about me everywhere. So we see that people struggle to speak about Jesus, the name of Jesus. That's why I make us shout that name in church. That's why I'm unashamed of that name. That's why we have to declare that name in the highways and the byways. We don't call him the man upstairs. We don't call him all kinds of things. We call him Jesus. Amen. The name that is that is greater than any other name. We worship that song, Rattle. And when you take that name, Jesus, and you send it into your circumstances, all hell starts to rattle, amen, at that name. Why? Because it is the greatest name ever given to man. It's the only name by which man can be saved. You can't be saved by your government. You can't be saved by your good works. You can only be saved by the name of Jesus. Can you say amen this morning? So we looked at the word power. The word power in Greek means dunamis, which means a strengthening power or enabling power. So it is not our power. We looked at these electric cables. If you can remember this, if you were here last week, we had a look at this analogy, um, the simple analogy of these two electric cables. And I spoke to us about the fact that the outer uh, cable or the outer casing of this cable is black or white or a color in between that. And inside the cable, there, is a, there are three other cables uh, which represent our body, our soul, and our spirit. But the power doesn't lie on our outside pigment, our skin. The power doesn't lie on our white skin or our black skin or in between color, whatever pigment you are. The power does not lie in our body, soul, and spirit. Although there is a physical strength there, God gives you muscle power. God gives you human intellect. God gives you brain power. Some of you are better at maths than I was. Like I always say, I was doing great at maths until they added the alphabet. Then it became a little bit complicated. But some of you understand that. I don't know why, but you do. And some of us have got uh, different intellects, but that's not where the power lies. The power lies in the copper cable on the inside. That's the power that God says He sends to us. So when we receive that power, and there's many Christians in the body of Christ today that are believers, but they got no power. Not because they are powerless in the sense of they're unable to receive the power, but they don't activate that power. They're still trying to serve God or do things for God in their own power. The Bible says you shall receive a power that is greater than yourself. It lies on the inside of us. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, this power comes into your life. So Ephesians 3.20 says it's an enabling power. Now to him who is able. So God is waiting to do great things in and through your life. God is waiting to break through in areas of your life. Areas where you might have struggled to break through in the past. I want to encourage you this year. Let's allow God's power to flow through us. Our job is to activate. Last week we saw the drill, the power tool. When you push the the drill button, the power tool activates. So you have to do your part. Push the button. You have to do your part, the light switch. When you put your, when you put your, your foot on the light switch, uh, the light comes on. The light switch always had the power, uh, the ability to be light, but until you don't activate the power to flow through the cable, nothing happens. So your job is to do your part, and that's to walk by faith. 
do if you if you're looking for a job is to go and, uh, knock on the door if you're looking for a customer is to go do your sales pitch and when you go to the sales pitch ask the holy spirit at the in the parking lot to say let your power flow through my words today that's what we have to understand we activate the power of god so when you are speaking they're listening to you the sales rep from a company but what they're hearing is heaven's sound and you that you can't control that amen that's the exciting part you can't control that and the guy sitting there, and everyone got to know, but the, the, this guy doesn't know why he wants to give you the business, but somehow he just feels he needs to say yes to you because it's not your power. It's God busy shifting their hearts. That's what we walk with as a, in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? So the Bible says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There is that power that works in us. So the Bible says when we ask or think, some of us think positive thoughts, some of us think negative thoughts. Some of us ask small, some of us ask big, some of us ask nothing at all. But the Bible says that God is able, whatever you ask or think, if it's good, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. So activate that power this year. Can you say amen? So, we, so when we don't activate God's power, we load shed our faith. Just to recap on last week quickly, we load shed our faith. And when we load shed our faith, we now don't let breakthrough happen. We now have to make breakthrough happen. I'll explain to you what my flower arrangement is in a moment. Don't worry, we'll get there. If you're looking at it. So we, we don't, we don't, we, so we, we, we move from letting breakthrough flow through us. It's like letting the power flow through us. And now we have to make power. We've seen load shedding in our country. When load shedding happens, what happens? We have to generate power. So that means we have to use our own human effort. And we know we can't run our economy properly when we're trying to generate uh, this from when we are off the grid and there's this massive power source that's normally available to us that lets our electricity flow through our companies when we have to generate or it generates its own power. Now we have to go and find a little generator, put some diesel in it, and it's, this, this, uh, it's got a form of godliness, but there's no power there. There's no real inherent power. And we see how frustrating that is. And sometimes that's like our Christian walk. We're trying to generate breakthrough through our own human strength, and we almost can forget that God is the one who gives us power. So we have to allow that power to flow through us. Amen. So today I want to continue. I said to us that Dunamis has six translations. We looked at the first two last week. And today I want to look at the next two. Speaking of, of the Dunamis power, you've received this power. The third one is the moral power and excellence of soul. And the fourth one is the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. Now, this is not me saying this. This is what your Bible tells us. This is what the Greek meaning and the Hebrew meaning of the word power means. It means that once this power starts to flow through us, God never gives us power. I said to us last week, we cannot separate the power of God, of, of, of God in heaven from the manifested power on the earth. So when God said, let there be light, there was nothing, there was power, then the light manifested on the earth. When the woman with the issue of blood tried to go to medical doctors, there, was, there wasn't a solution for her when she touched the hem of his garment. Many people were rubbing shoulders with Jesus. Many people were touching him uh, naturally. But she, she came with a desperation. She tapped into the power source. And when she, when she touched him differently from the rest, he stopped and he said, who touched me? The disciples said, but Jesus, everyone's rubbing up against you. He says, no, no, this woman, she put a demand upon my power. And when she put a demand upon the power, the power was able to flow and bam, the manifestation of healing came. So sometimes we say, well, I'm hoping that God's going to do something for me. But we have to actually put a demand upon that power for things to change. Amen. So when we start to, because the Bible says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or a righteous woman avails much. So it's not just the prayer. It's the effective fervent prayer. Like this morning when we sang in church, I mean, you could hear there was an effective fervent praise and worship in this place. And so we create that atmosphere by our faith. 
We can stand here and go, praise God, praise God, praise God. Or we can, do, we can choose to clap our hands and shout and scream. That's why. Why do we do that? Because that's when shackles and chains are removed off of our hearts and our minds. Amen. Because depression, what the stupid mask has done, what depression does is depression silences your voice. You're always thinking about what could go wrong, all the negative things. You are depressed. You are oppressed. You are suppressed. Amen. And that's not God's will for your life. You'll see that this morning. So we're speaking about a moral power and an excellence of soul. Not a moral perfection, because you can never be morally perfect because you were born a sinner. But we're speaking about a moral power. You can start to have victory over areas where you struggled before. You start to live a better life. Amen. Your, your, your vocabulary is cleaned up a little bit. You start to get a little, your, your, your jokes aren't that dirty anymore. They're funny, but they're not that dirty anymore. Amen. We start to see a change, a shift, not a religious a mindset. Please don't lose your humor. If you're born again, just give us clean humor, but keep being funny, please. We need to laugh. Amen. There's nothing worse than a beige band, boring religious Christian. A person who walks with his Bible under his arm. It's so thick it can choke a donkey, but you can't even get any humor out of the brother. Amen. Or the sister. So keep your humor, please. We need to laugh a little bit in this world. But it also speaks of an excellence of soul. And what I'm talking about this morning is that if you've got the power of God flowing through you, our God is an excellent God. So you can't call yourself a born again Christian. And I understand sanctification. You know, when you're a baby, you are dependent upon your parents. You need them to help you. So I understand we need to help you as a young Christian. But you can't stay in a place of moral decay. You can't stay. Your car can't keep falling apart. Your, your house can't keep being in a mess. Your, your, your car can't be that dirty that we think you've had it resprayed, but it just hasn't been washed in six weeks. Amen. We can't, when you give us a lift in your car, uh, we, we can't find place for our feet in, on the passenger side because all of your McDonald's boxes are lying on that side of your car. Amen. Now, if I'm talking to you this morning, just go and clean it up after church quickly. Amen. Because when we understand that if the, if the power of God is flowing through us, and the Bible says dunamis power is an excellence of soul. It also means what? It's an influence. It's an influence of, 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 your, of your stature and your increase in life. So you have to start to increase. I mean, that's why Jesus had a treasurer. That's why Jesus had a business strategy. He had 12 disciples. He had, he had, he had uh, excellence of clothing. He wore purple. The high priest wore purple. Not to say you have to wear designer clothes. You can have, you can have uh, sort of cheaper clothes or uh, entry-level clothing if you want to call about clothing. But it can be ironed. Your shirt can be neat. Your, 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 your cheap shirt can be a clean iron cheap shirt and God will give you better things but if you if you only try to look for you think you have to have all this external stuff which the the human power always looks for it looks for external uh, glory it looks for external gratification but that's not where the power lies amen so we start to see the shift when you're born again you have to start to see a shift you have to start to see yourself moving from a place where Jesus says that he's come to preach good news to the poor it's not about riches money but it's about a shift a change Something must get better in your life. Because if you were lost and now you found, if you were blind and now you see, it must get better. Amen. And so the Bible says this. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 17. I want to talk to us this morning about the power to get wealth. And don't think this is money. I'm not going to talk about money this morning. Believe you me. Because sometimes we, we associate certain things uh, ignorantly in Scripture. And I want to unlock this into your spirit this morning. So it says you will receive uh, uh, Deuteronomy 8, 17. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, verse 18, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swore to your fathers in this day. So we talk about 
wealth. That word wealth in the Hebrew, it means wheel, W-E-A-L, which, well, not the Hebrew meaning, but it means wheel, W-E-A-L, the first four letters of that word wealth. What it means is, it means which is the ability to make good or be good or produce good. Now, the difference between riches is the accumulation of this, of money and assets and stuff on the earth. So the Bible doesn't say God gives you the power to get rich. The Bible said God gives you the power to get wealth. So wealth, your wheel, is your ability to be good or do good. So you can have no money and be wealthy. You can be unemployed and be wealthy. Why? Because you can go and offer your services to somebody for free. You can serve someone else's vision without having money and you're now entering the place of wealth. Because people, the world will deceive you and tell you you need to be rich. But the Bible doesn't say God gives you the power to get rich. Riches will follow wealth. But God doesn't give you the power to get rich. God gives you the power to be or do good. That means God wants to take you from a place where you are a consumer, where you are in need, where you are always waiting for somebody else to help you out, which is where we all start. Like a baby, when you're born, your mother has to breastfeed you and then feed you and clothe you and hold your hand and and change your nappies, which is fine. But you can't be 45 and your mother still changes your nappies. Can you say amen? And I say this because I, I, I'm asking the ask the Holy Spirit before the service. I don't want to sound flaky or religious. But I ask the Holy Spirit that He, he speaks through me this morning because I really sense in my spirit for breakthrough to come, you have to have a shift on the inside. And the Bible says if the power of God is flowing through you, we have to lose a mindset. We're always waiting for somebody else to do something for us first. Whereas, whereas God wants to take you from a place where you were lost, like I said, and now you found you were blind, but now you see. Where you are able to go from a place of brokenness to a place of wholeness. And from a place of wholeness, I now help somebody else to become whole. I'm now becoming wealthy. Making sense? So the Bible says this, 1 Timothy 6, 17. That's what Paul says. He says, teach those who are rich in this world, because people that are rich are not necessarily wealthy. Because a rich person can hoard everything. And Jesus said, what does it help you hoard everything? What does it help you gain everything? So when we talk breakthrough, we mustn't talk breakthrough for riches. Don't fool yourself. It's not prosperity for, for, your, for you to hoard things. It's not a false prosperity. It's a prosperity with purpose. God wants you to live a prosperous life, but a wealthy life. In other words, God wants you to use your gifts and your talents and your increase to be good or to do good. That's your wheel, your wealth. Amen. Are you here this morning? So he says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. I think we can all say amen to that. We understand that. He says, their trust should be in God, in the copper wire on the inside of them, who richly gives this. And so God has got, you can't outreach God. You can't outreach God because everything you own is His. The silver and the gold is mine, says the Lord. The earth is mine, says the Lord. Everything on this earth, the oxygen on this earth is mine. The sand that you've built your building on, it's His. You can gain the whole world, but you can lose your soul. You can live a life looking for breakthrough, but you are looking for a deceptive breakthrough. It's a breakthrough for you. It's for this outer man. Whereas we have to ask God to let power flow through us for His glory so that we can live a life of wealth because it is God who gives us the power to get wealth. What? So we can do and be good. Remember God cut a covenant with Abraham. And the Bible said Abraham was a very wealthy man. 
He had many cattle. He had camels. He had, he, had, he had many staff. He had abundance of stuff. But Abram was a man who understood that his wealth wasn't for himself. It was for, for, for his generation, for the economy, for the, the time in which he lived. And he had to help somebody else live a better life. Otherwise, you're living a very self-centered life. Can you say amen? So I say this to us this morning to, to lay a foundation in the series again. So he says, verse 18, he says, tell them to use their money to do good. Bump your neighbor. Tell your neighbor on your left-hand side, use your money for good. Tell your neighbor on the other side, don't use your money for Gucci. Use it for good. You've got a few letters wrong there. I can wear a, a purple jacket from PEP Fashion and you wouldn't even know. And you could wear one from Gucci and it's got 10,000 bucks in, I can buy one for 500 bucks and we look the same. No one's going to love us more or less. Amen. Because it's what, the Bible said, it's not what, 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 what a man wears or what goes into a man, that, it's what comes out of him that defiles him. Amen. So it's what you speak and what you say and what you believe. You can be a, a rich person and be miserable. And you can be a poor person and be happy. Why? Because you're wealthy. Paul said, I've learned to be content whether I've got little or much. It's not about the outer man. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So he says, he says, tell them to use their money to do good. They, they should be rich, listen, in good works. And generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By this they will be strong, uh, be storing up their treasure as, as a good foundation for the future. So that they may experience true life. So listen to what Paul is saying. He's trying to shift the early church. He's trying to shift them from this place of looking for the external stuff of life. The, the, the hoarding or the, the accumulation of the natural resources of life. Now, does it mean God doesn't want you to have money in your bank account? No. Does it mean God doesn't want you to have a nice house? No. God wants you to have a nice house. You should move from a place of poverty into a place of dominion. You should move to a place where you start to have dominion. I mean, just take a person who goes to university. You study seven, eight years to become a medical doctor. Why? You subject your mind and your brain to, to knowledge you didn't know before. Why? Because you want to have dominion. You might have a, a gift for, for being a doctor, which is fine. That's your gift. But you put yourself through seven years of, 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 of study, of, of subjection to knowledge, to information, and we call you doctor, and you go and practice in the medical field. But why do we do that? Why do we, why do we do Because inherently in us, we want to improve our life. We don't want to stay in the same place. I mean, ask yourself the question. Go and ask a poor man this morning who woke up in the muck and the mire of poverty. Ask him this morning if he's looking forward to this day. I guarantee you he's not. I guarantee you he wants his life to change. And the Bible says when we misunderstand the false preaching of prosperity preaching, we understand Jesus said what? I've come to shift people from a place of struggle and poverty where my creation is having dominion over them. I'm, I want to shift them to a place of wealth. Where you can start to put your foot that it was in the miry clay. Now it's on a rock. On this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. But you must understand. Ask God. Father give me the power to get wealth. I want my life to count for something. I don't want to constantly be under the hammer. Of struggle and 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 suckle and we haven't got enough money to pay the to put petrol in the car and we haven't got enough money to pay the rent and we haven't got it's a, it's a place of of where, the, where God's creation is having dominion over you and God hasn't called us to that place He's given us power because notice when Christ came onto the earth He wasn't dominated by the earth's natural circumstances. 
Jesus, we've got a predicament. What? We have to pay SARS. But we haven't been working. We gave up our fishing business to serve you. Jan Tux is looking for me. What do we do, Jesus? He says, well, you've been seeking first my kingdom. You've been building my church. You've sacrificed much for me. He says, don't worry. He says, I've got, we, 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 I dominate this thing called this planet. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now we can't just do nothing and ask God to pay off our tax or do nothing and ask God to pay our bills. We can't do that. That's foolishness. I'm talking about when we are on this journey of sacrificing for God's kingdom and sometimes unexpected things happen your way. We have this power. The Bible says we can lean into, we can tap onto. So the Bible says, this is what? He says, go to the harbor. There'll be a fish uh, in the harbor. Put your, your rod in, catch it. They catch the fish, pull it out. And in the fish's mouth is a coin. He says, pay your taxes with that. So they come to Jesus one stage. They say, what do you say about money? Who should, what should, what should, what should what's mine? What's, what's the government's? What? He says, well, whose face is on it? He says, Caesar's. He says, well, then pay to Caesar what he sees. He says, that's a man-made system. He says, I'm not worried about a man-made system. He said, I can make anything happen. Why? Because I'm giving you a power. I can supply you with an unending amount of riches. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches. But it's in, in line with what? With your understanding of purpose. Your life has a purpose. The reason you are alive is not for yourself. Because the, the, the tabloids and the videos on YouTube and all the, 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 the Hollywood stars or whatever, they'll tell you you must chase the external things of riches. And the Bible says that many people have pierced themselves through with many sorrows and they've even left the faith chasing riches. I've seen that as a pastor in the last X amount of years. I've seen people, good people. I've even seen people with the potential to be in full-time ministry. I've seen the call of God upon their life get lost and sucked up into all of these money-making schemes and lose themselves in the process. And that's sad to see. Sad to see because the rich young ruler was, had potential in him. Jesus saw potential in him. But God didn't stop and say, well, let's debate about your money. He says, listen, if you really want to be rich, he said, it's not about the stuff that you've got that you think you can manipulate me with. He said, your money, he says, may your money perish with you. He says, you can't buy the Holy Spirit. Simon comes and he sees them laying hands on people receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, can I give you some money so I can also have that power? He says, your money perish with you. You can't buy God. So you can't come to God and say, well, you know, pastor, I sold my house and I gave the church 10,000 rand. I need to have coffee with you three times a week now because I'm a very important giver. The Bible said God increases. Jesus increases. So notice if Jesus increases and he's in you, you should increase. Not physically like we all do in December. But spiritually, amen. And Jesus increased what? In wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So what is he saying? He's saying Jesus became wealthy. That means Jesus increased. So you can't serve Christ and not increase. In some area of your life, your your career must increase. Your family must increase. Your income must increase. Your influence must increase. You must be known by more people. Why? Because God is going to give you a platform. Why? To advance His kingdom. That's wealth. Amen. And He says what? He increased in wisdom. So if you lack wisdom for 2022 for breakthrough, ask God for wisdom. Amen. Ask God for wisdom. It is a biblical principle. You can ask God for wisdom. And stature, your status will increase. Not for your glory. Not for your, influ- your Instagram influence. I'm, a, I'm an influencer. Well, you've got 200 followers. That's not quite influential. God wants you to be influential for His kingdom. 
You can be unknown on social media and be very effective for God's kingdom. And you can be very well known on social media and mean zero for God's kingdom. Because all you are known by is man, flesh, but heaven doesn't even know who you are. Are you here this morning? Wealth. So the Bible says what? Jesus increased. So your life must increase. Amen. So Luke 4, 18, 19, he says what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. Notice it's the biggest, the big spirit. It's not your spirit. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. I'm now operating in this power. Because he has anointed me to preach what? The gospel to the poor. There it is. I've come to tell people that are in poverty situations and poverty circumstances in every facet of their life that they can become free. They can increase. They can, they can move out of that place into a better place. He says, and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So your heart, if it's broken, which most likely is before you are born again, the Bible says now your heart becomes whole and then he sends you now to help other broken hearts to be healed. Until you're not helping other people heal their broken hearts, you are not wealthy. Until you are not helping someone else heal a broken heart or someone else heal a broken marriage, you are not wealthy. Because God gives you the power to get wealth. Amen. You are simply just rich in grace and rich in mercy. You might be rich in grace and rich in mercy, but you're not wealthy. You are wealthy when you take what God has done for you and you help somebody else live a better life. Amen. He says what? He says and he's to, preach the, uh, to, to proclaim liberty to the captive. So he says you have to start to speak freedom. So proclaiming liberty means I am now a freedom preacher. Because most people that are in bondage or have got a victim mindset are always talking about when is somebody going to help me? They're asking, they're looking for somebody else to make them free. But the Bible says when you become wealthy, it's when you understand that I'm now being set free and now I tell somebody else who's in a prison, I proclaim freedom to his circumstance. And I tell him, I can't solve your problem. Let me tell you about the power that flows through me. My God shall supply all your need. I'm now a proclaimer of freedom to people. Amen. So you might not have the answers, the natural answers, but you have the answer in you, flowing through you. That's why the Bible says we lay hands on the sick. I can't heal, but I can activate the power that's in me to flow through me to heal you. That's why we declare, we speak to the dry bones. We worship you this morning. Dry bones what? Hear the word of the Lord. What does the word of the Lord say? Live. You shall live. When you are a freedom preacher, we proclaim liberty to the captive. You are a one. When somebody says, I'm going through financial trouble in my business, you don't go, well, you know, brother, it has been COVID, you know, it's been a tough time for everybody. No. I said, where's your business? Give me your address. I'm coming there tomorrow. Because every place our foot shall tread, we shall what? We shall overcome. And I get to your business tomorrow and I say, hey, we're going to declare freedom to this place. We proclaim liberty. You start to walk in that place. Father, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. You said, we send your word into the direction our life wants to go. We tell you, Father, unto you, you are able to flow through this business, Father. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything we ask or think. We declare, this business, you shall live. We declare, you are alive. You shall live. You shall live. Does it make sense? No. But can you do that without power? No become religious I suggest you get some power brother because I've never seen a beatbox when you feed it power it plays 
blessed bridges. I don't know. I've never seen it. it I can't beatbox. If I could, I'd, I'd say something in this mic, but I'm going to embarrass myself. So I'll, I'll spit into the mic. So I won't even try that. I mean, if you listen to Afrikaans music, which I do sometimes, when you listen to a good Kurt Darren, Captain Spani Sailor, you can't sit still. Amen. Bastard. Just, just relax. I mean, the world... The guy's house music, quite uh, the guys stand still, they move, they, they, and then the church sits and goes, hmm, hmm. Really? Just get alive. Amen. What am I saying? There's power in you, man. There's power. It's not your power. So stop load shedding God's purpose through you. Someone else is waiting on the other side of your faith for life. Someone's waiting for you today to go to his business and put your hand on his letter and say, Hey, I'm going to walk you through this process, man. I've got power in me. Come on. You're going to live. You're not going to die. Uh, the doctor says you've got a sickness. Well, let's pray. You're going to live. You're not going to die. Why? Because we are declaring God's favor. This is your year of many breakthroughs. But you can't do that without power. Amen. And he says what? He says, in recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So is 2022 a great year? Yes. Is 2023 a great year? Yes. Was 2020 a great year? Yes. It was inconvenienced. It was frustrating. But it was a good year. I guarantee if you look back at 2020, the first year of lockdown, a lot of good things came out of lockdown. A lot of people had time to reflect things. Yes, it wasn't nice. Yes, it wasn't good. Yes, it, all the things. We can focus on all of that, but we're not proclaimers of, of, of death. We are proclaimers of liberty. We are, we are freedom preachers. We are freedom preachers. That is why Martin Luther King, I mean, in America, I have a dream. Why? Because when you preach freedom, people resonate with freedom. People don't resonate with, with death and legalism and, and your, your, your finger from judgment. People don't, re, don't resonate with that. Don't walk around with your bony finger of judgment. Because the Bible said it pleased the Father to smite His Son. He put all of sin's judgment on Jesus. So you are a, a, a freedom preacher. Amen. You need to pre- preach freedom into your, into your circumstances. Preach freedom. That couple that's struggling to have a baby. You walk over there and you use your faith. And you put your hand on, on, that, on that wife's stomach. You get your wife. You hold. You say, come on. We're going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let this womb live in Jesus' name. Why? And then you walk away and you go and do your business. Why? Because you allowed the power to flow through you. And you wait for the report. I've seen it. We can't make people have babies. God can open the womb. Like Sarah's womb. It was shut. And when the, when the word of God came to Sarah and says, you'll be the mother of many nations. She said, oh, it's impossible. We've been trying for years. And he says, why did you laugh when I said that? Some of us laugh at the word of God thinking it's impossible. He said, yes, with you and with where you are right now, it might seem impossible. But with me, all things are possible. Oh, yeah, this morning. So in closing today, I want to say this to you. The Bible doesn't speak of a law of poverty. It only speaks of the law of, of, of increase. And Jesus came to speak to, the, to people's poverty situations. The Bible doesn't teach the law of poverty. So the only reason why a child of God continues to live in a state of poverty is due to a lack of knowledge and understanding. So poverty is simply a lack, an idea of lack that operates in people's minds. Not poverty financially. That's one of the areas. Poverty in everything. I've got no future. I've got no tomorrow. I've got my marriage is going to fail. My business is going to fail. Uh, I can't forgive that person. It's, 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 it's a place of poverty. You're always under the hammer. We have to get to a place where we start to understand what wealth is. Wealth is I forgave that person as hard as what it was. But the good work he began in me. 
And after I forgave that person, I started to heal. My heart became whole. I recovered. I became strong. Now I am a helper of people with broken hearts because I've been in that place. I can help people. I'm now wealthy. Amen. So, if you're wondering what my analogy is here this morning, let me show you quickly in closing. Jesus says this. He talks about wealth and riches. Matthew 6, 26, the Bible, 28, the Bible says this. So why do you worry about clothing? Speaking about this whole, he addresses the situation of people worrying about their tomorrow. Talk about breakthrough. A year of many breakthroughs. But pastor, no. We're not limiting the, the, the possibilities of God. So Jesus speaks to his generation. He says, so why do you worry about clothing? Listen to what he says. He says, consider the lilies of the field. And I have a simple analogy here today. He says, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not so much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Let me show you what I mean this morning. It's a very simple analogy. But we have this, we, uh, we spoke about last week, the power. By the way, this is not heaven. This is the cloud here on top of this picture. We tried to depict coming from God. Amen. So this is outer pigment, our natural man. When we see human beings, God creates them with different outer pigments, colors, different shades of pigment. And that's, and inside of us, he sends us power and the power flows through us. But he says this, he then goes to the disciples. He says, but yet, if I look at your life, he says, if I look at my generation where Jesus found himself, he says, you consider the lily. You're looking here. He says, this is what you look for. Some of you, he says, you cut the lily and you give it to your wife and your girlfriend and you, you give them roses. But he says, once you cut it off from the source, he says, it dies, it wilts. And he says, then you have to find more. He says, but yet the lily, he says, the bulb of the lily, he says, it hasn't got an option. It hasn't got a human will. It can't uproot itself out of the church when it's offended. Now, the, somebody in the church did something to me in the home cell. I'm leaving the church. You can uproot yourself. And he says, this lily hasn't got an option. He says, but consider the lily of the field. He says, this thing doesn't even sow and reap. He says, you've got the privilege to sow and reap. He said, because the lily's full dependence is upon what? Is upon the soil. In this case, the, the soil to the lily is like God to us. He says, the lily's God is soil. I created the soil like the moon, the stars, the sun. It hasn't got an option. The sun can't go on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a heat strike. The sun can't decide to come up at midnight. But you can decide to come home at midnight. You've got a will. You can choose to give or not to give. You can choose to hate or not. He says, consider the lily. He says, look at them. He says, they neither sow nor reap. He says, yet, if you take Solomon, all the money that Solomon had, which the Bible says at that stage was the wealthiest person on the planet. The Bible said, whatever Solomon has built in all of his glory cannot even come close to the beauty that's found in a lily. He says, why? It's because this lily doesn't even have a, uh, it doesn't get watered. It doesn't get anything. But what's the, what's the, what's the secret? He says, the lily is, is dependent totally upon me 24-7, 365. And he says, every single year, the lily produces over and over and over again. He said, if you'll catch something from the lily and you'll understand the power. Now, I don't know if this thing is going to work or how it's going to work, if it's going to fall. Let me see. So if you look at this simple example, what we do is, the, the, the power is, is in the soil in this case for the lily and the lily because it as long as it stays in the soil the lily will produce but we have an option we have a will and what we end up doing is we seek the things that the earth can produce and we stop seeking the one who gives us the earth we, we, we separate ourselves from the power source and now we start to seek the lily 
We look for the thing on the, on the earth, on top of the earth. And instead of us looking for the thing that, that feeds the lily, the source, the, the source to life. Listen to what Jesus says. Look there, I want you to get something. Listen to what Jesus says. He says this in John 6, 26. He says, he says Jesus replied to them. He says, I can guarantee this truth. You're not looking for me because you saw miracles. So he's speaking about what? He says that people are coming to him now. They saw him multiply five loaves and two fishes. He feeds 20,000 people, then he feeds 16,000 people. So he says this later on. He gets to another place where he's preaching and he sees these, these people starting to come. But he says they're not coming now because they're seeking Jesus. They're now seeking the food he can give them. He says they're, now, they're missing the point. And he says this. He says, I can guarantee this truth. You're not looking for me because you saw miracles. You're looking for me because you ate as much of those loaves as you wanted. He says, don't work for food that spoils. Instead, work for the food that lasts into eternal life. This is the food the Son of Man will give you. After all, the Father has placed his seal of approval on him. So what is he saying? He's saying to us this morning, he's saying to us that as the lily, consider the lily of the field. He says, this thing neither sows nor reap. He says, yet every single year it produces. How much more won't you produce? If you understand the power that's in you. Why do you worry about your tomorrow, what you'll eat or drink? Why do you worry how your breakthrough is going to come? Let your breakthrough just flow through you. Don't look for the breakthrough. Look for me. And if you seek me, the breakthrough will look after itself. Don't look. Don't look, he says. For, the, for the, the things that the that breakthrough can, can, can produce. He says, you, you come to me now. And he says, now you're looking for, for fishes and loaves. Yeah, he took no course. He says, sure, I'll give you food. But that's not why I produced the miracle. I wanted to show you that you can produce that own miracle yourself. Amen. Are you here this morning? So in closing, the Bible says this. Matthew 6.22. If you stand standing with me all over this place this morning, if you will, please. Matthew 6.22. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is, is, is a dark cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what dark life will you, will you have? You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god will, will end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes, whether your clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you, you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and, and, and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to Him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror even gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or, or shop. Or have, have, have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What am I trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how He works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time arrives you receive the word of god this morning every head but every eye closed all over this place come on it's a great presence of god in this place 
Maybe you've come here today, every head, every eye closed. Those who are watching us online today, Cape Town North. You sound like a platform you're saying, Pastor, this word has spoken to me. I was speaking about receiving power. Maybe you're standing here today saying, Pastor, I've never received this power. I want to offer you the opportunity this morning to receive this power. What is this power? Well, the Bible said it's a free gift. You can't buy this power. You have to receive it. Maybe you're standing here today saying, Pastor, I don't, I don't even understand how I'm going to get this power. I'm saying to you today, simply just believe. The Bible says when you believe, you receive. If you can believe this morning. Maybe you're standing there in Cape Town, up in the balcony here in this place saying, Pastor, my life's not right with God. I feel far from God today. I really sense in my spirit. You're not your by accident. I know you're not your by accident. But yeah, you sound deep like you said, Pastor, I'd love to have this power. Well, you can. 31st of May, 1992, I made a decision to accept Jesus into my life. Didn't know that I'd be a pastor. Didn't know where my life would end, but I just made a decision. I said, yes, I want to receive your grace, your, for- your forgiveness, your mercy. Or perhaps you were serving God at one time, like the prodigal son. He moved away from this power found himself in in a pigsty in a place where his life wasn't a good place and he said i want to receive this power and he came back thought his father wasn't going to accept him back but his father received him back perhaps that's you today you're staying in this place you say i've moved away from god but i realize i need to get back to the place where the power of god is back in me where i start to walk by faith activate your faith today when you stand forward and feel condemned don't stand you're feeling condemned today but you saying to me today pastor that's me i want to receive this power i want a fresh start i want a new beginning then if that's you, every head but every eye closed, quickly, quietly, that's you saying, yes, pastor, pray with me this morning. I want to walk in this power. I want to receive this power. Then quickly just slip up your hand above your shoulder so I can close off the service and we can pray this morning. Thank you. Let's lift, lift up your hand quickly above your shoulder. Up, thank you. Up, 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 quickly. Donkey, donkey. Unashamed. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you. Lift it up quickly. I can't save you. I can simply just tell you about the one who can save you. Come on. I know God's grace is all over this place. There's a power that is waiting for you. There's a power that God is wants, wants you to walk in. But it takes guts. It takes faith. It takes boldness. Come last time before I pray. Thank you. Many hands going up this morning. Put up your hands. Unbeskamp. Come. Don't stand here just and, and, and think, well, how, how's the rest of this year going to work out? Make a decision quickly. God is in this place. God's all over this place. Let the word of God speak into your heart. Last time I'll put it, but... That's you this morning. You're saying that's me, Pastor. You haven't put up your hand. I, th- I should have put up my hand, but I didn't. Just slip it up now quickly. Slip it up high. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Drop your hands all over this place this morning. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. We're going to close up the service. We haven't got much time left, so we're going to be quick. But I want to, I want to make sure that we don't leave the service without thinking of you this morning. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Take your personal belongings, your handbag, your Bible, your cell phone, so it doesn't get lost. Maybe you brought a friend to church. Your love, your encouragement can help that person make a decision. And I want you to do me a favor. I want you to leave your seat and walk to the front of the building this morning. And I want you to come. I want you to walk for, you, for yourself this morning. A walk of faith. And I want you to come and receive this power this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. To our special guests here in the front this morning, what an amazing decision that you have made. This is not a walk of shame. It's a walk of freedom. It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make. Remember this date. Write it down. Keep it close to your heart because today your life is going to be changed forever. There in Cape Town North, those in the front, what an amazing decision that you have made today. Heaven is rejoicing with you this morning. So can I just ask that you just do a small favor. Just put your hand on your heart this morning. We're going to pray a simple prayer this morning. There in Cape Town North, just place your hand on your heart. Just repeat after me. So say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. This morning, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Jesus, I ask you, become my Lord, become my Savior. Lead me, guide me. Holy Spirit, I ask you, come and live inside of me. Empower me to be everything you've called me to be. Here is my life, Lord. I surrender everything to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. 
If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.